Area 10 Faith Community meets in the historic Bird Theater in Carytown in Richmond, Virginia. We worship together at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings, both in person and online at youtube.com slash area10church. Kid-friendly programming is also available at the same time just down the street at 2810 at Community Gathering Place. We hope to see you at the Bird Theater soon. Now, on to this week's message. So this probably happens less than it used to, but do you ever have that frustration when you're on the call with someone and you drop the call? You know, I mean, it happens less than it used to because we don't talk on the phone anymore, but your phone has an app. It's a phone, and you click on it, and you can talk to people, and sometimes you drop a call, and it probably happens less than it used to because there's like more bars and more places and more coverage and all that kind of stuff. But I got a friend in Colorado that I call pretty regularly, and always with him, the call will drop out. We're talking and then like I'll miss a paragraph or two. And it's, and you always have that moment when you're, is it like, you're like, oh, I'm sorry. Is it you? Is it me? I'm I'm getting bad reception here. And you don't know if it's your fault or their fault, but because it only always happens with him in Colorado, I blame Colorado. I'm like, it's your fault clearly because I don't drop calls to everybody else. It's just you. Uh, Must be, I don't know, mountain interference or something. But anyway, so we have this and it's hard because you're, you're talking and like you want to be in the moment with the person. You want to be like in the conversation. You want to really, I don't want to miss things. I want to give them good feedback. I want to, you know, really be engaged. And then you miss long paragraphs. I'm like, well, I guess that was really important what I just missed. And it's just very hard and very frustrating when you're not hearing from someone. And I think we are in a similar position with God that we want to hear from him. We want to communicate with him, but it's not as easy as talking on a phone. And even if we think we're hearing him, we feel like, oh, maybe I'm missing some things here. And is that really him? And is he really talking? And so we, we kind of go through that experience with, with God as well. And it's difficult. There are times in our lives where we feel like we are hearing from God. Maybe you've experienced that. You're like, man, I really feel like God was guiding me here, speaking to me here, communicating to me here. And that's good. And then there are times in our lives when we don't feel like God's talking to us at all, and we can't hear anything. And then, if we're honest, there are those of us who would say, I've never heard from God. In fact, the people who claim to hear from God, I think, are weird. And so, I don't know what to do with that. Everybody's talking about, oh, we hear from God, but that's never happened for me. So, I understand the frustration. I actually um, really enjoy this this quote. Uh, Mother Teresa was interviewed sometime back in the 90s or whatever, and she was interviewed, and they said to her, "Uh, when you pray, what do you say to God? And she says, well, um, mostly I just listen. And then they said to her, well, um, what does God say? And she goes, well, mostly he just listens. And um, I thought that was great when I heard it. I was like, oh, this is really cool because it reframes prayer not just as a, as a one way, I'm just saying things to God, but it sort of reframes it around like, this is a give and take, and we're supposed to hear from God. I love that. I really like that idea. But I also found it to be a little frustrating, right? Like, wait, you listen, he listens, we're all listening. Like, is anybody talking? I don't understand. What are you doing? And I know from stuff that came out about Mother Teresa later in life, she had long periods of where she was super frustrated that she heard nothing from God. And that's actually not unusual. Great heroes of the faith and people you've heard of throughout history, they go through these long spells where it's like, God, are you there? Like, I'm still talking. I thought we were doing this thing together, and I don't hear anything from you. So if you're sitting here today going, I don't hear from God, you're in good company. Heroes of the faith didn't feel like they heard from God either. Um, and and it, it, can be, it, can be a huge, it, it can be a huge struggle. 
Um, I've experienced it myself, which is weird for me to say because I'm a, I'm a minister in a church and people regularly are like, Chris, you know, <laughs> what are you hearing from God? And what they don't want to hear me say is nothing. I'm hearing nothing from God right now. Because I'm supposed to, like, have that on lock. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, clearly you hear from God, right? Like, I'm like, no, I go through these, I just, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, ah, he's not saying anything, or I can't listen, or something. It's difficult. I do take comfort from the fact that this has happened to everybody. This is not unusual. Um, even if you look in the scripture, you see it. So we like to talk about, if you read Genesis 12 through 25 in the Old Testament, you'll, you'll see the story of Abraham. And, and I love to point this out. I love the story of Abraham, the details that are in there, as Abraham and Isaac and his relationship with his wife, and there's all these things going on. Well, God communicates to Abraham pretty clearly. I'm going to make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. He tells Abraham these things. Abraham has these dreams, these visions of God. This stuff happens. But honestly, if you really do the timeline, Abraham hears from God that it is recorded to us about seven times in 75 years or so. So if you run the math on that, what that's like is actually a whole lot of not hearing from God, from Abraham. So much so that he started to doubt that God is even, you know, going to do what he said he was going to do because he's like, I just haven't heard from him in so long, you know. But we look at it in 12 chapters and we're like, this guy hears from God all the time. He did not. And he had his frustrations too. David writes about it in the Psalms. We've been doing this series going through the songs that Jesus would have known, the songs that Jesus would have sang. He would have known the Old Testament book of Psalms, which is the, like a hymn book for the Israelites. And so uh, David, who wrote most of the Psalms, he writes about not hearing from God. And, and so you can see those emotions poured out. Psalm 62, 5. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. On the one hand, silence is very valuable. We'll talk about that later. But on the other hand, he's waiting in silence. He's waiting in the, I don't hear anything from you, God, time. That, that's what it's like. Um, he, he says this, Psalm 13, how long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? Psalm 13, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Man, how relatable is that? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Like many psalms, he ends on a good note. But he, he definitely is going through that experience of how long. I'm not, I'm not hearing anything, God. I, I guess you're there, but help me out. This is really one of the biggest challenges, I think, to faith at all. Religious people will say, I believe in God. I believe he's there. And sometimes maybe I hear from him or he communicates me or guides me. But a lot of times I don't, and that's frustrating Non-religious people will say, I don't know if God exists, but I really doubt if he, if he does exist, if there's some creator uni over the universe, I really doubt that that creator communicates to people. So there's a lot of doubt there, like, is he really saying anything? And, you know, you've, you've seen presidential candidates over the years say they hear from God, and it is a struggle, right? It is a, it is a, it is a massive challenge for people. It's a hurdle for people to get over in, in their faith, um, and so I just want to talk about this idea about what do we do when, when we can't hear God. Because if you've prayed and not heard anything, it's easy to drift into doubt and frustration and maybe into some soft form of agnosticism when you've been hurt or disappointed. So how, how might we hear God? I think Psalm 19 gives us a clue. 
I really appreciate it. wouldn't jump out at you like this is a how-to list of how to hear from God, but I think there's some really good stuff in there. And so I just want to read just the beginning of it. Start again. It says this, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent, he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. It's rising from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat." One of the ways we might hear from God is just to hear and to notice how he is communicating to us through, uh, through nature. Um, the, it says the heavens are declaring. Declaring is speech, right? The heavens are speaking. All the creation is speaking to us and trying to communicate something to us. And it's trying to tell us about the glory of God, that God exists, that he is powerful, that he is there. Nature is declaring it. And we kind of recognize that, but a lot of times, especially in, a, in our modern world, we kind of go like very nature-y, like science channel-y, kind of like, well, you know, nature, like if you ever watch a science program and they're explaining like the migration of birds or whatever, and they go like, mother nature, they'll, they'll start talking about mother nature and they'll be like, well, mother nature has her way. And I'm like, this is weird, like you're super sciencey, and then you start personifying this thing as if you're saying, oh, it seems like there's this personal power or being behind what's going on in nature. And I'm like, yes, why don't, instead, we, instead of calling it Mother Nature, why don't we say God has a way, we're not allowed to do that on the Science Channel, but this is, this is a thing. Um, and I think if we notice and, and pause for a second, we'll see that nature is amazing and is one of the ways that God communicates to us. Um, nature tells us a bit about God and, and, and how he cares. And we're very tempted to, I think, take, take that for granted. Um, Einstein says it this way. If you, don't, if you don't need it in a psalm, let me get to an Einstein. Einstein says, look deep into nature, and then you will understand everything better. And I'm like, yes, Al, you're probably right. We were on first name. Uh, you're probably right. We will understand everything better, and, and there's no doubt that Neil deGrasse Tyson understands the cosmos better than I do, but there's a limit there, right? Because I'm not sure that has led to a greater understanding of like meaning and purpose in life and, and a lot of things that nature can't tell you. So there's some limits there, but it is good. Uh, Shakespeare says, the earth has music for those who will listen. Yes, Will, it does. That is well put. The earth, if we will listen... It's as if there's a voice crying out to us through the nature that is in front of us. That's, that's powerful. It's one of the ways God communicates to us. Uh, there's something going on here, and I think David tells us that in the psalm. The heavens are declaring the glory of God. Uh, I think Martin Luther does it well. He says it this way, God writes the gospel not in the Bible alone, but also on trees and in the flowers and clouds and stars. Think about the, the beauty of nature that you've maybe seen. A, a, a field of flowers. How, how perfect is that? How great can that be? Um, the sunrise, the sunset, you know, late in the day. Um, a mountain range, a waterfall. Did you all see the moon last night when it first came up? It was massive. 
like, not sure I've seen a moon look larger than that, was driving, kind of coming across near the James River, and I was like, I, I saw, I was like, that's no small moon. <laughs> that's a space station. Uh, I was like, that's incredible, and it's a, it's a God thing. Like, if, if, you, if you notice, it is God saying, yes, I can do this too at the end of your day. Like, this is an incredibly powerful thing. The, the, the roar of the ocean on the cliffs, how incredible is that? The fact that a caterpillar can become a butterfly is unbelievable to me. And if you really study it, it is wild what God does through nature. Uh, the fact that the sun is perfectly positioned 93 million miles away from here to give us well, at least in the mid-Atlantic, to give us four seasons and, like, and, and to warm the earth and, and all the energy that we get from that. Like, it's, it's incredible what God has done in nature. And if we're paying attention, that stuff is just screaming to us about the, the glory of God, the power of God, the care of God. Um, it is a way he is communicating to us. Um, and I want to emphasize this up front because the psalm speaks to it. Uh, and I don't want us to overlook it. There's, but there is a lot that nature can't tell us, right? Um, and to hear from God, uh, we, we need to, to, to look in other places. There's a, there's, um, God, God communicates to us through, through nature, yes, but it's a little more of an indirect communication. Blaise Pascal said it this way, what can be seen on earth points to neither the total absence nor the obvious presence of divinity, but the presence of a hidden God. I love that quote. I've used it before. Um, what we see on earth doesn't say there's no God, but what it does say is there's a hidden God here. There's the, 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 this behind-the-scenes work, and it's the, the heavens are declaring that to us. So I just want I I to see that. Um, to, to experience God in nature is a valuable thing. Look, and look, I'm a, I'm a city guy. I live a couple blocks from here. I like to hike uh, around town, you know, like on the sidewalk. Uh, I like to ride my bike around. I like to just be in the city and experience that. But, you know, what I miss by being in the city is like all the stars because of, of city lights, you know, kind of wash that out. I miss some of the beauty that's out there. And so I need to get into the Shenandoah Valley every now and then, you know, like my soul needs that to be to be refreshed. It's, it's, a, it's a, a beautiful thing. But to understand God and to really hear from him, I can't just hike up old rag and think that that's it, right? That, that, that can give me a clue, but there's more. Um, and this is where psalm, the psalm continues. Listen to where he goes in uh, Psalm 19, starting with verse 17. Uh, David says it this way. Come on, Psalm 19. Uh, yeah, he says this way, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Um, more, uh, 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 he, he gives us this, and when I, we, 
I was doing a read through the Bible in a year thing, and so I read this back in like January, and I remember it jumping out at me, the symmetry of that. He keeps, he's coming up with different ways to almost say the same thing. The law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the precepts, the commandments, the fear of the Lord, the rules, all this stuff um, is kind of wrapped up in these are, he's talking about the, the law of the Lord, which literally you could say, oh, he's talking about like Leviticus or Deuteronomy or something like that in the Old Testament. But greater than that, uh, the law, the poetry, the history. We, as believers now, we would add the New Testament and all that Jesus has said and taught and what the apostles taught and all that. Like all of that stuff, he's saying there's tremendous value in that communication from God. God has spoken to us through these things. The New Testament talks about uh, God used to speak to us through prophets and poetry and all that. And in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son, Jesus, is kind of how it is, it's talked about in the, in the New Testament. So there's all of, all of those things, the law, the, 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 the precepts of the Lord, the commandments, all that, all that could be summed up in um, the word of God, the, the, the written word of God. He has communicated to us through what he, what he wrote down here. Um, he's, he's talked to us through the scriptures. Uh, and, and David highlights what it does for us. He says this, this revives our soul. This makes us wise. And, and there's all these benefits to it. But I want us to catch this. This is, the word of God is a major way that God talks to us. He communicates to us through his word. He tells us who we are, what we're to be about, where we came from, where we're going. Um, and so I, I say all that to say, if, if, if you want to hear from God, um, don't, don't look to the sky like maybe there'll be skywriting that will be there for me, or don't like, I'm just going to sit in my room until there's this audible voice. Um, I would say, first, um, open up the word and listen to what he's saying to you through it. Now, I know how weird that sounds, especially to modern Americans. Um, when, I say, when I say, you want to hear from God, read a book. To modern Americans, um, there's some studies that say, like, generally people read zero books after college. Like, for the rest of their life, they don't read books. Like, that's wild to me. And I kind of get it. Like, there's a lot of distractions to reading a book nowadays, right? Like, there's a lot of Netflix to watch. It's not going to watch itself. You're going to have to consume all the seasons, right? And, the, and social media, you know, you got to doom scroll, and you got to get through the feed of the day. And so we do read, right, in little bite-sized chunks of these things, or maybe we'll read a short article or a blog post. So there's some reading going on, but, and there's sports and things that are very engaged, and there's, there's lots of stuff we can do. But to, to crack a book sounds like, ooh, that's like dusty and old and and honestly when i say you know you can hear from god by read, actually reading the bible for a lot of people that just sounds like nonsense but i would argue the real nonsense is to not read it all and then get angsty because we're not hearing anything from god the real nonsense is to not read it all and then wonder why we struggle with wisdom wonder why we're struggling to find the right meaning and purpose to life what if there is something to this read the Bible thing and actually hear from God. If you say to me, I can't hear God, um, there's probably a lot of follow-up questions we could have about that, a good conversation to have about that. But one question I would ask is, are you reading what he wrote down? Because it's there. He's trying to communicate to you 
through his word, if you're reading it regularly, and, 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 and are you doing that, and are you connecting with other people who are doing the same? We challenged people last December to read through the Bible in a year in January, and about 50 people from the church signed up and said, okay, I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. And I don't know that all 50 people have done that, uh, but there's a chunk of us who have signed up for that and have gone through it, and we're, we've been using an app to just track with it or whatever, and we're reading through the Bible in a year. And honestly, um, and I've been a follower of Jesus for 30 plus years or whatever, um, I had never done that. I had never read it cover to cover in a year. And so we asked people to do it in January and people started doing it. And I did it too. And I'm here, you know, we're almost in November. I'm like way into the New Testament now, did all of the, you know, and I'm like, this is actually pretty cool. Because um, the idea is read it, read it and, and hear from God. And so what we did in September is we started some formation groups, and we had about 60 to 70 people here who said, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to jump in this group, and we're going to read through the Bible. And we asked people simply, read a couple chapters a day, have a highlight in your hand, and highlight anything that you feel like God is using to speak to you. So the idea is we should be able to hear from God, and we should be able to hear from him in his word, so highlight things as you go, whatever jumps out at you, and then we will come together as a group once a week, and we'll share what we highlighted. And, and by doing that, it's been a really cool thing to see how, not just how is God talking to me when I read the scripture, but I get to hear how God's talking to her and to him and to other people in the group. And I go, oh, they're getting this, and God's poking them with this, and the spirit is at work in that. That is actually uh, how it works, and it's, it's, it's an awesome thing. Um, and, and now we're going to do more groups like that. Um, but I, and you'll have opportunities to do that if you're not in one of those groups now. You have opportunities to do that later. But um, I, I think this is a great thing. So many people claim to have read the Bible. You probably have like your dad's like, I read the Bible cover to cover. And anytime I see somebody online say that, I'm like, no, you have not. You have not. It's too hard. Like it's too confusing. And if you read it cover to cover, you'd be, I don't know, nicer or something like you like if not you clearly have not or like try again just read it again i don't know maybe some people have but it's not an easy read right it's just foreign to us and so rather than be the person's like i read the bible code like to actually do it and to to hear from god like there's so much power in that there's so much value to 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 actually doing that if your goal is, I need to hear from God and I can't hear from him, then dive in. Um, it, it's, it's powerful. Don't, don't let it, uh, you know, uh, don't, don't let it pass you by. Actually take the opportunity to do it. Um, and, and a lot of people are like, hey, I don't have time. I don't have time to read the Bible. I don't have time for that. You do have time for Netflix. You probably have seen so much of Suits this summer that, that, you know, maybe there's time in there. You've, you've probably doom-scrolled Instagram. I don't know, do you doom-scroll? Maybe doom-scroll Instagram and, or whatever. You have 168 hours a week like I do. You can spend a few days, uh, a, a few minutes each day, just getting quiet and listening to God. And, and because if, if you want to hear him, and if he's trying to communicate to you, then we're going to need to get quiet to do that. And so that's the last piece I'm going to give you, um, is that... Uh, what is needed is actually a key element is silence. If we're going to hear from God, if you feel like you're not hearing from God, another question would be, are you getting quiet and alone? Psalm 37, 7, we, we did Psalm 37 a couple weeks ago. It says this, be still before the Lord and wait 
patiently for him. Man, I wonder if we read that, like, be still before the Lord. And if we were honest, we would be like, nope, not interested, not going to be still. Just not, I'm just not going to be still. I'm not going to be quiet. This is actually one of the biggest challenges of modern life. You think, and you would think if you, if you listen to the media and you listen to, like, big evangelical Christianity or whatever, you would think the biggest problem in the world right now and in our culture right now is like the rise of secularism. You would think that the issue is that, you know, the public schools these days and what are they teaching the kids and what are they doing at work and uh, these, these challenges in our culture is getting crazy and they took the Ten Commandments out of school and just all of this stuff, like people get just tied up in, in a knot over, right? You'd think the biggest challenge is secularism. I don't think it is. I don't think the biggest challenge is secularism. The biggest challenge is distraction. It's just we're distracted. It's just, we're just, it's just noisy, and we, we, we don't get quiet. We are incapable of being alone and quiet. Um, Cal Newport, in his book, Digital Minimalism, says, it is now possible to completely banish solitude from your life. It's possible you can never have a, a quiet moment alone because there's always digital distraction. You can grab that phone and you can connect and you can text someone and you can, you can, you know, scroll through the thing and you can look up and you can watch Netflix or you can get a prime on your phone. Like there, there's always, you, you, you don't have to ever be quiet and, and by yourself. And in some ways that's good, um, in some ways, it's good that, that we can be connected, especially when, you know, maybe a, a pandemic forces people into separate areas. It's good that we were able to have some sort of connection. Um, but I also think there's a huge downside to it, and you felt it, you know. There's a downside to the constant connection. There's a downside to not just unplugging and, and being able to be, be quiet and alone. It's not just that I'm not quiet and alone. It's that I learned to not ever be able to be quiet and alone. And that's, and that's a, a huge problem because um, with all of our connection, we, we're missing out on silence, we're missing out on solitude, and we're missing out, I think, on the transcendent moments. Our, our, our kid's childhood is passing by while we're on the phone at the playground, and we're missing those moments. that We won't get them back, like, we're not in it because we're so, always somewhere else. Apparently, there's this sign at the Grand Canyon. I've not been. But uh, it says this right by the sign. It says, one minute, don't read, don't talk, no photos, just look and see. And I'll put up this other picture. This is, this is basically what you're supposed to be seeing. Don't take a picture of it. Don't. Snap a selfie, hashtag, blessed at the canyon, whatever. I don't like, don't make the moment about some other moment of, for someone else, somewhere else that you can, whatever. Like, just be in front of it and see that the heavens are declaring the glory of God. Like, see that it's there. Enjoy it. Um, that's what we need. Why, why, is, why is that so terrifying to us? Why is silence terrifying? Why is solitude terrifying? Why are we afraid? What are we afraid of if we get quiet? What are we afraid we might 
encounter. I wonder if we're afraid that if I got silent and alone, I'd have to look at things inside myself. And I just don't want to do that. So the alternative is to distract myself from ever looking at myself. Distract myself from ever hearing, honestly, from God. I won't hear God, I won't know God, and I won't know myself if I'm unwilling to get quiet. So these tools, reading the scripture, solitude, silence, um, these tools are old, and they've been around for thousands of years. But they work. They work, especially when we feel like we can't hear from God. Now, they're not perfect. Truthfully, I don't, when I get quiet and read the scripture, I don't hear from God every time I do that. Sometimes I read the scripture and go, I don't know what I was supposed to get out of that, but okay, that was that. I don't hear from God every time I'm near a mountain. But if I don't do these things, I'm not sure I'll hear from him at all. Like I want to I make the effort to do the things that historically people have done so that they can hear from God. So whatever, what's your next step? So your next step today, um, maybe you do need to get in nature and sit by that waterfall and, and watch that sunrise and, and get quiet and hear God. Maybe you just need to uh, intentionally get quiet. Maybe um, the formation groups that we're doing, we're going to start them up again actually next fall, which is quite a, quite a long ways away. But maybe in the meantime, you pick up a Bible reading plan and you just start getting in the habit of, I'm just going to go through this and read. Um, a little bit each day. And, it, you know, um, that could be powerful. I had a friend who used to go to our church but moved away. And he texted me early last month and he said, man, I am struggling. Do you have any suggestions? I'm struggling because I... Uh, I get up in the morning, or, I, you know, I'm in bed, and I'll start scrolling my phone. And, um, and I just, I feel like I just waste a lot of time with that. And so I'm not doing the things that I want to do. Do you have any suggestions? Now, what would you tell him? I said, well, you could not have your phone in your bedroom. And he's like, well, how do you, he's like, I was like, that's what I do. He goes, he's like, do you have like an old-time alarm clock? And I'm like, Yes. <laughs> They still sell them. It beeps. It does the, its job. It beeps when I need it to beep. And my phone is downstairs. So that's one way. And I said, also, just do this. If, if you're like, I want to I read the Bible, things like, because he was saying, you know, he wants to dive in, but he just scrolls his phone. I said, Scripture before screens. Scripture before screens. Just remember that. Just read the thing before you pick up that screen and get jump into work email, into all the things that are screaming for your attention. And, uh, and I said, and lastly, track what you're doing. Like, write it down that you do this every day. And uh, that was about a month ago. He reached out to me. He's like, because he did it like day one. He took a picture of himself. Like, of himself. I guess not on his phone. I don't know how he got the picture. But he took a picture of himself reading. And he, and he took a picture of how he was tracking his habits. And he sent me the picture. I'm like, cool good for day one. Let me see you do this, you know, three weeks from now, like keep it up. And we, we caught up recently and he's like, I'm doing it. And he, he's like, this has been fantastic. And I got my father-in-law doing this with me and we're now, we're now doing this. He's like, this has been really good. And, and, um, that's it. That's not fancy, but that stuff, uh, actually works. And so, um, if you want to hear from God, get quiet, get silent, Get in nature if need be, but also read his word because he's already spoken. 
Um, and there's a, lot, there's a lot there that you can get. Um, one of the things I appreciate about Jesus is um, how highly relatable he is. We think, oh, he's the God of the universe in flesh. Like, I can't relate to that. But uh, he is relatable, and you see this when he goes through uh, pain. When he's on the cross, um, I, was, I was looking at this. There are, there are like seven things Jesus says when he's on the cross that are recorded in the gospel. So he's, he's dying. He's being crucified. And one of the things he says is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Like in the darkest hour on the cross, he feels like he can't hear God and then he's alone. His, his own heavenly father, Jesus, who had the direct connection, is sitting there going, I feel alone in this. Well, actually, you know, we talk about the songs that Jesus sang. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Is Psalm 22. That's how Psalm 22 starts. So as Jesus is on the cross, he has those song lyrics in his head and says them from the cross. My God, why have you forsaken me? And I, and I think it's relatable and it's helpful for us to remember that uh, there, were, there were moments that Jesus felt like he, he couldn't hear from God. And it's, and it's dark and it's, it's lonely. But he did that. He made that sacrifice for us.